This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's the Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. He is Nathan Marzian, Bucks super fan. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. It is another edition of the Green and Growing Podcast. Of course, you can always download the Green and Growing Podcast on your Odyssey app. That's always a preferable way. But if not there, you can also download it or download your favorite podcast at. That's another option. And then, of course, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, where we are currently streaming live as we're doing this here on Tuesday night at about a quarter to 9 p.m. Central Time. You can always catch some of these videos on the Odyssey Sports page uh, as well. Uh, we waited till later on Tuesday. Normally, we record on Mondays now, but once word came out that Adrian Griffin was having his introductory press conference from the Milwaukee Bucks, Nathan and I decided to just wait till Tuesday night to do this after the press conference was done, all the individual one-on-one interviews were done, to kind of go through everything that was said from Adrian Griffin uh, and go at it from that perspective. So, Nathan, I wanted to read you one of my favorite quotes. It made me laugh out loud when I saw it. Uh, the quote was this. Ty Windish did a great job, by the way. Nice done, Ty Windish, uh, from the Eurostep podcast, uh, tweeting out quotes as this whole thing was going on. Uh, defense wins, obviously, said Adrian Griffin. We're going to be a proactive defense, pressure the ball. We're going to take the defense to offense. We're going to get turnovers and get out and run. We're going to make adjustments throughout the game and switch it up. This is what I started laughing at. We're going to make adjustments throughout the game and switch it up. I started laughing because I immediately thought of Bud. Kind of like this was the whole thing about why didn't you stop Jimmy Butler? Why didn't you run a double team at Jimmy Butler? Why didn't you put Giannis on Jimmy Butler? All this different stuff uh, that we talked about. Uh, and he right away comes in and says, we're going to make adjustments in the game. And, and I think every Bucks fan probably started clapping uh, when they heard him say it or when they read that he said this quote, Nathan Marzian. Absolutely, because it's the one thing that Bud struggled with and – you know, Bud has a good system to begin with. He's a good coach. But in the playoffs, you know, your margin for error is smaller. And you can't just trust what's going to work in the long run. you got to be able to adjust on the fly, change your defense on the fly, throw out your game plan if it's not working. Because it's like you only have, you know, four losses to deal with. You, you don't have the – it's not an 82-game season where it's going to even out over time. It's do or die. And, you know, the, the Bud's philosophy just isn't a playoff philosophy. You know, we did win the title – even you know with it and everything it's not it's it's a good philosophy overall but it's just it's hard to consistently win that way and to get someone in here who not only you know you know he's willing to make the adjustments but I love what he said too about the 
the turning defense into offense and, you know, forcing turnovers and stuff like that. And he, he mentioned, he's like, I'm a defensive coach, but I really believe that a good defense can create a good offense. And that's, you know, that's very true. And yeah, so, no doubt about it. And yeah. this is the one thing that quote you're talking about. Uh, Griffin said, quote, I think being a defensive coach helps you on the offensive end. You see nuances. There's patterns I can pick up. I know how teams are going to play Giannis because I would incorporate the same schemes. We'll have a counter for everything that could come back and haunt him at some point uh, that that quote of we'll have a counter for everything, but either way, that is the advantage obviously of having the defensive minded head coach. The other part of this, I am not surprised by necessarily, you know, he talked about player accountability and so forth and holding players accountable. And it appears he's not going to be Thibodeau. Uh, he's not going to be Skiles. He's not going to scream and yell and carry on uh, and get in guys' faces and, and go nuts necessarily. Or Jason Kidd, that'd be another one. But I'm anxious to see what actually happens when we actually get to that point. You know, it, it's one thing to say, I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm not going to be like my dad. And then years later, you have kids and you're like, holy crap, I'm kind of acting like my mom and I'm kind of acting like my dad right now. And I'm kind of doing the same thing uh, with my children as they did with me. So we'll see necessarily, uh, you know, how this plays out. Skiles is a former player. Kid's a former player. So they know what they were doing and how they reacted to being screamed and yelled at and, and so forth. And obviously, they didn't see a problem with it. And in today's NBA, you probably can't do that same thing. We've learned that along the way. Yet Thibodeau is still coaching. Kid is still coaching. Skiles isn't. But the other two clearly are at this point. Uh, Nick Nurse reports say that he's pretty much of a hard ass when it comes to to his players as well, probably to a certain degree. So having all of these guys that he was assistant coaches for, and then to say, well, I'm not that guy. I'm intrigued. I, okay, let's see. Let's see what this actually looks like. Once we get into the fray here and you actually get to be the head coach and not the, the good cop, maybe to their bad cop as the assistant. Yeah. And you know, again, we don't, we need to wait and see, we got to obviously figure out and really see him, you know, with the players and see how he's doing and everything. But this is kind of what I said when they hired him is, you know, a reason to be optimistic is maybe he can give you some of the on-court philosophies that Nick Nurse gives you that we like, the defensive adjustment stuff and just being a good defensive coach without that personality. You know, he might just be a different type of type of coach and a guy that isn't quite as harsh, isn't quite as much of a hard ass and is more, you know, a little bit more caring towards the guys and just a little bit, you know, nicer to work with. And so that could end up being, you know, a positive. It could be, a, it could end up being a reason we look back and say, "Hey, this is actually was a better hire than hiring Nick Nurse because we got what we were going to get out of Nick Nurse without that, you know, without that problem or that potential of, you know, causing trouble in the locker room or whatever." Um, and I, I mean, I wasn't really worried about that with with anything. Like, I don't think there's much of a risk of causing problems in this locker room when you have the this core together. But still, it's like if you can get a guy that. Um, you know, works well with all those guys. And clearly they liked him because they wanted to hire him. That's got to, you know, it's a good thing. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited that, you know, with everything he said today. And I like too how he mentioned that um, he mentioned about in, in the NBA finals when they went against Steph Curry, Toronto 2019, how they ran a box and won. And he kind of learned from that. And like the, you know, again, the just in that series, like I know nurse kind of famously like throughout the entire game plan, he kind of, they went into it and all of a sudden it was like, nope, we're going to change this whole thing up. We're running a box and one. And it's like, that is exactly the type of thinking that I want the Bucks to have, that we've wanted them to have for years of not just sticking with this 
you know, long-term approach of like, it'll even out over time and just wait and trust it. It's like, no, screw it. If it's not working in the playoffs, like go to something completely different, throw them off, do something to try to change, you know, your defensive look, change what the offense is doing, just throw them off a little bit. And so I like that you mentioned that because that was something I thought of why I wanted Nurse is I was like, man, like I, I remember him doing that in the NBA finals. And so for him to, for Adrian Griffin to mention that and talk about how he learned from that, like, again, I, I like that it sounds like we're going to get some of the things we would get from Nurse, but with a like, more likable coach. The other thing I found interesting was the John Horst perspective in all of this. I think we've all learned that Horst uh, does not like yellers and screamers as head coaches, right? That's why I got rid of kid. So not really surprised that that's what Adrian Griffin says. And I think if Adrian Griffin was like, yeah, I coach more like Skiles and Thibodeau, I can but guarantee you he's not getting that job. Okay, so now having said that, let's talk about what Horst said. Horst pretty much admitted that going in, he had a bias towards wanting a proven guy, a guy that's been there, done it, uh, a guy that's got a track record of being a head coach and heard good things about AG. So, okay, fine. We'll talk to the dude. We're, we want to talk to as many guys as we can, so we'll talk to him. Maybe we'll learn some stuff about our team, whatever. Because sometimes that's what this is, right? Sometimes you interview guys for your job, not necessarily because you're going to hire them, but to get a different perspective on how they view your team, on what they think your weaknesses are, about how they game plan to stop your team and how they think you know they can overcome the weaknesses that you have. Sometimes that's why you're interviewing certain guys, not because you're going to give them the job, but because you kind of want to see what they say. And I'm not saying that's what this what that was with this, with Adrian Griffin, but I kind of feel like it might have been. And he was so good with his answers that they just kept pushing him forward to another interview. And they pushed him forward to another interview. And then after a while, they started talking about, okay, damn. Maybe he is our guy at the end of the day. But Marzian, I'm 47 now, after we both just had our birthday. I've seen a lot of press conferences, a lot of general managers, all sports, baseball, football, basketball. I haven't watched many hockey press conferences, but I've seen a lot. In 47 years, to the best of my memory, I have never, ever seen a general manager refer to analytics as being used to find the next general manager for their team. Never in my life. Ty Windish, again, uh, Horace said the analytics the Bucks use included a history of coaching and a scheme with variability. Quote, there's a lot of different ways to win, not only in the playoffs, but series by series. He's played for some of the most fearless and creative coaches. End quote. Man, get the heck up out of here with that. We're using analytics to find head coaches now. They've got, they put together numbers and formulas to figure out who they want to be their head coach. Marzian, I'm not much longer for this job, man. I, 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 this, this is going to be too much for me, man. It's going to be too much, Nathan. You know, you know, I'm an analytics guy. I know. Have I mean, you ever I, heard of this? No, but at the same time, I mean, I know kind of what they're saying. They're probably looking at, you know, how often teams ran certain, you know, defensive adjustments and like, again, the variability, like he said, like, were they, primarily in one scheme where they changing up schemes how often you know number of possessions i don't know how deep the analytics actually oh, i'm sure went really deep i'm i i you know i don't know but it's like and i mean some of it is also looking at okay you know like with nurse like when i was looking at nurse potentially being coach and like okay would i like this i looked at you know what was 
what is the Raptors offensive rating with him as the coach since he took over and like the year they had Kawhi, they were top five. So I'm like, okay, you know, I know he's not looked at as an offensive coach, but his offensive rating was pretty good in the one year he had a superstar. Like that's the type of stuff I feel like you would look at, like just those basic analytics and all that. I, I, again, I'm not sure exactly how deep it went. I, but I don't mind it. I'm a big analytics guy. I think you should have some type of evidence for why you're doing something rather than just, Oh, I think this will work. Like, no, there's, there's some, evidence-based reasoning behind it and so i like that as i've told everybody when they announce this hire this better bleeping work uh and i've not changed my stance whatsoever this better bleeping work because now, are you I, what are you are you feeling better or worse after today about the hire uh, no different okay because St- i mean the terry stott's hire which we'll get into in our second segment here and then we got some chris middleton rumors floating around we have to get to as well uh the terry stott's hire made me feel better about the hire that okay. um, the Sam Cassell to Boston made me almost completely depressed for the rest of the day. That that really hurt because I wanted Sam in the worst way, and I would have loved him as one of the lead assistants here too. And not getting him kind of sucks, but either way. Uh, okay, here's some more. Uh, you were talking earlier about the box and one and all that stuff with Steph. Uh, Griffin tells a story of a defense that required Kawhi to expend a ton of defensive energy. Kawhi said, tell me what you want to do, and I'll do it, end quote. Players like Giannis, two-time MVP, they want to be coached. He's made it clear from day one he's extremely open and on board. This should mean, now I hope I'm not reading into something as a media member, but this should mean, Marzian, that we're going to get Giannis against the other team's best player possibly more times than we have in the last, I don't know, six or seven years of Giannis's career. That would be what I hope this means, right? Am I reading into this? Am I being media guy, Marzian? Or, or are you thinking this is what it means? No, I mean, it, it definitely it definitely seems like that. It definitely seems like a pretty big hint at something like that. Because, again, Giannis is that type of guy that, like you said with Kawhi, where he's the guy that's like, tell me what we like, whatever you tell me to do, I will do that. You are the coach. I'm going to respect you. I'm not going to go off and do my own thing. I'm not going to yep. go off and say, screw it. I'm taking the best player. You know, he's going to listen to what the coach tells him. And again, Bud was just so stubborn, usually with his defensive system, that it was like, we're not going to, we're not going to use that card. We're not going to, we want to keep you in your, in your um, help defense spot as a, as a help side defender and as a roamer. We don't want to use you on the ball. And it's like, if what Adrian Griffin's saying is true, they're going to switch things up, try different schemes. At some point, you will get, if, if you're in a playoff series and things aren't working, you will, at some point, if you are making adjustments, get to a point where you're saying, all right, Giannis, we want you on the best player. Like, that's one of the more obvious adjustments. If the best player is playing well and Giannis is not on him, put Giannis on him. And so at that point, it, it it's definitely seeming like that's a, a, a pretty big hint at something like that. And we know Giannis would take on that challenge if he, you know, and he, Giannis did it. What, this is just a tiny bit off topic here, but the, the frustrating thing with Bud is like, Giannis did it in 2021. He, he defended Jimmy Butler for the majority of that series and they swept him. Yep. And so it's not like, you know, Bud never tried it. Bud did try it once and it worked. And so it's like, it didn't make any sense for him to, you know, after it didn't work in the bubble because you didn't put him on him, it did work the next year you put him on him you get to a playoff series against them again. And it's like, Hmm, what should we do? Should we do the one that worked and we swept him or the one where we lost in five games? Like it seems pretty, pretty easy to me, but um, yeah, I, I mean, again, it, this isn't rocket science stuff, like breaking news coach is going to put 
Giannis right. on the team's best player. But I mean, it's a step in the right direction compared to what was going on before. So I don't know where Giannis is. Maybe it came up and I, I missed reading it somewhere. But uh, Marjan Bochamp, I saw afterwards, uh, talked about the fact that he's heading to Greece tomorrow and him and Giannis are going to work out for a week and he's going to come back and spend the rest of his time in Milwaukee working out until it's time for summer league. If Giannis is in Milwaukee, that would have been nice to have him there. I mean, I know you had, you know, your bench there. Nice. Um, and hey, yo, uh, Myers Leonard, you know, I I hadn't thought about this, but if Brooke Lopez goes to skedaddling and, and if they don't bring him back, that's your starting center. That That's your starting center. No. He is yeah. not our starting center. No, that he's not. Be your Hold starting on. center. Hold on. We we're spending all Could this time imagine? debating. We're spending all this time debating about do we trade Bobby? And your whole argument is, well, if something happens to Brooke Lopez, you need Bobby as your starting center. Why would Myers Leonard would not be? It would either be Giannis or Bobby Portis. Giannis ain't playing center. He will play center if he has. And to. Leonard will... is a much more is a far better center than Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is too small. And Leonard didn't look horrible when he got Hold his, on. his Hold, minute, wait, wait, limited minutes. So if Myers Leonard, and I don't even agree with that. I'm not, I, 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 I think at like, I mean, as far as, I don't even know. I'm just saying if, if Bobby's a better player than Myers, I got Myers really thrown for a loop of that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Bobby's a better player than Myers Leonard. That's for sure. And yeah, fine. But if you're, if you're going to sit here and say Myers Leonard's a better center than Bobby, why are you so like against trading Bobby? I'll be honest with you. I completely forgot the dude was even on the damn roster until I saw him in the picture today. And I was like, oh, yeah, that dude, is he still under contract? He's, but he's terrible. I mean, no, I don't sorry, Myers Leonard. I, I don't think he's terrible. I think you, I disagree you, with right. you on that. You were, I forgot, you were, the, you were calling for him in the Heat series because I yes. was like, it, would, it was like game four, we'd go down 3-1, yep. and I'm, I'm all upset, and you're like, we go on the post game, you're like, you know, they need to put in Myers Leonard. That's I'm right. like, dude, get the heck out of here. Yep. <laughs> Myers Leonard's your answer? Yeah. Um, I, I think you're eventually, and we'll see how this plays out, but he can stretch the court and hit the three a little bit. Not a shot blocker like Brooke Lopez, but there's not many in the league that are at that position. So all you need him to do is rebound, put your butt in somebody and box out, and shoot a couple threes. I mean, that, that's that's really all you're asking the backup center to, to Brooke Lopez to be at this point. And if Brooke Lopez leaves, whoever the next guy is, is going to be asked to do the same thing because you're not going to expect them to shot block. But either way, I'm sidetracking the whole conversation by by seeing him in that picture. But but it is uh, going to be interesting. Let, let, let's go uh, to one other thing before we move on to the satire. So the press conference gets done. Ty Windish and many others are like, where were the domestic abuse questions? Like, why didn't this get brought up? And I'll be honest, I didn't expect anybody to ask him anything about the domestic abuse. I honestly didn't. So when it ended, I was like, okay, well, that's what I figured was going to happen. No big deal. Uh, because if you researched... And read up on the domestic abuse thing. Everything got dropped. He countersued for defamation or whatever, pretty much saying you lied and made the whole damn thing up. And now I'm going to go get me some money out of this deal and come back at you for it. So to me, I mean, there really wasn't much there if anybody actually read up on the situation. To the Milwaukee Bucks media and all media, good job. Because then what happened was, they broke up into one-on-ones. So then Eric Name had a chance. Ozarski had a chance. Uh, everybody, Lori Nickel had a chance. And everybody got in there and was able to ask the question about that. And he answered it and said what I pretty much just said. Can't really get into details of the intricacies of everything necessarily, but pretty much said, yeah, pretty much. Didn't happen. Like, it's all crap. Uh, let's move on with their life. 
Okay, fine. But it got asked. Bucks fans wanted to have it asked. It got asked, maybe not in the press conference, but in the one-on-ones. Either way, you can pretty much look anywhere and find quotes from him talking about it. So it was addressed if you haven't had a chance to uh, go read everybody's take on it. Uh, all right, topic number two. Thoughts on former Bucks head coach Terry Stotts returning as an assistant coach. Let's talk about this. I asked you before we started the show, literally seconds before the show, if we could come up with any other former head coach in Milwaukee that ever came back as an assistant coach later, I couldn't come up with one. You try to Google it and find it quick. You couldn't find one. So it's very rare to have this happen. When Terry Stotts was here, I was hard on Terry Stotts because I thought they were good. I thought he was screwing the whole damn thing up. Uh, and it was, you know, first head coaching gig, following George Carl and all that stuff. Um, but he... When I would go down to the Cousin Center and cover him, he was always super nice to me. Always got a lot, no matter all the crap I said on the air. Always was super cool. And he knew probably everything I was saying most of the time. Saw him years later at the Vegas Summer League. Still super nice guy, all of that. But he proved to me in Portland, dude, he can coach. Like, he, he's, a, he's a good coach. And when he was with George Carl, he was the offensive guy that got all the credit for what they ran on offense. He was the guy they got Portland to have the success they had by running the offenses that they did. Defense, mm. but the offenses were good. It's a perfect complement to what you want for Adrian Griffin, I think. It's a former head coach, which we need some experience with him, I think we agree, and an offensive mind. And you get both in Stotts. Yes, I want it Cassell. Uh, but Terry Stotts is a great hire. I, I absolutely love it. That's not official that I've seen yet. I haven't seen an email on Stotts. Uh, but it's an absolute great hire. Uh, and you have AG, a former pl Bucks player, former assistant coach with the Bucks. Terry Stotts, a former Bucks head coach, former assistant coach, both now coming back to uh, coach this Milwaukee Bucks team with, you know, potentially two Hall of Famers on it in Middleton and Giannis. That's a pretty cool story, Nathan Marzion. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and I did I did see Griffin did confirm it, I think, today. that Yeah, he did in the quote. So, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head where you, you know, with a guy, you, you, your head coach now is a younger guy and a defensive guy. So what's your ideal assistant coach? A guy with experience and an offensive guy. And that's exactly what they got. They got both of them in Terry Stotts. And so absolutely love it. I mean, it's definitely like that. Again, it was pretty much a, a dream scenario of getting a guy that both has experience, you know, plenty of experience as an assistant coach and as a coach overall and it has three stints as a head coach in this league. And so, um, it, you know, I think that's a home run for as an assistant. And just like you said, it kind of, if you were kind of iffy on the hire, the, the Griffin hiring to begin with, like this probably eased you a little bit and was Done. like, okay, you know, we, we, we have the offensive mind right there next to him. We have the experienced guy right there next to him. So questions about that shouldn't be as big as they were when they first hired him. And look around the league. Borrego got hired to be an assistant. Then Fizdale got hired. He would have been nice in Milwaukee. I would have taken Fizdale. 
Uh, so he got hired because Sell got hired. So right away, all of these head coaches went and got their lead assistant first things first. And now the rest of these staffs will be filled out from here kind of going forward. We got a comment slash question on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page from Joshua, who says, what's up, guys? On the subject of coach, which I love to hire, do you two guys think there's any possibility of the Bucs reaching out to Portland for Lillard? And what do you think it would take to acquire? Marzian? Lillard, a Lillard trade. I would actually listen to a podcast today where they talked about this. And Lillard trades are like, it's so hard to find a good one. It's so hard to find one where it not only, you know, the Blazers would agree to it, but it also works. And like, it just... There's not many out there. I don't see how the Bucks could pull it off. I'm sure they want to. I'm sure if they could, you know, somehow flip like Drew to get Lillard, they would do it. But I just, I don't think the Blazers would do that. I don't see why they would. And yeah, to me, it's just like, it's very unlikely that that's going to happen as much as we all want it to. And as much as Lillard may want it to possibly yeah. as well. I mean, he's been a very much a Portland guy, but it feels like kind of, that maybe the fan base out there is kind of turning on him a little bit because you could see the frustration towards the end of the season about them maybe wanting to rebuild this thing with Wembenyama and just tank it to hell with it, just trade Lillard and let's kind of start over. Uh, and yeah, so I don't know. We'll see where that one goes, but I agree with you. I don't think they can get Lillard. Topic number three report out there. Uh, who's the guy? Schultz. Is that who had it out there? Uh, uh, Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher. Sorry, Jake Fisher. Uh, Chris Middleton uh, being rumored to sign a long-term deal with the Bucs or expected to sign a long-term deal with the Bucs, according to Jake Fisher, who, I'll be honest with you, I knew nothing about it until like two or three years ago. We had him on the show once. I don't think we've had him, never had him on again after that. Uh, so I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's right. But it's something worth talking about on the podcast because it does involve Middleton, who, you know, is going to opt out, we all expect, um, become a free agent, then sign a bigger deal. Going forward, he's not going to take the player option, I can't imagine, uh, and then sign that big deal. This is what's interesting to me, Mr. Nathan Marzian. Follow Nathan at Nathan Marzian on Twitter. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. He said the long-term deal. Now, it all depends on what you think is a long-term deal. When you say long-term deal, I think five years. That's what I view as long. If it's three, that's, uh, that's I don't think that's a long-term deal. Five is a year. Five is a long-term deal. He says a five-year deal, then I'm all in on you can guarantee yourself Giannis is back when these two years are up that he's going to resign for at least another three years after that or whatever the case may be. If it's that long of a deal, if he signs a three-year deal, which I don't consider long-term necessarily, but let's say it's a three-year deal, then I think we still got to wait and see. I still think Giannis probably ends his you know place here, his whole career, ends his career here, but you never know with certainty until we get to that point. Then I would still say, okay, it's kind of still open. He goes five, I, I, then I would have to believe there's been some type of conversation between the two of them, uh, and then Yadis is is probably here going for it because those two guys are tight, right? Their kids growing up and all that, and that would make me feel real good if it's a five year deal. I know most of you Bucks fans won't think it's very good, uh, and I'm sorry, uh, but I, I would be okay with it, Marzian. Yeah, this is this is very good news. The, to me, the sweet spot is like a four year deal, um, but. Looking at Buck's salary stuff, it is clear that, and I tweeted this yesterday, you know, because I kind of have been thinking like, oh, he's Chris is probably going to, you know, accept his player option for this year. And, you know, then after that, he might sign an extension. He's got to, we, what we need is for him to 
decline his player option and take, you know, like a four year, $30 million a year deal, which is a, a very fair deal for both sides. You know, Chris guarantees a contract for four years and is still getting paid a, a lot of money. And then for the Bucks, that lowers his, uh, you know, cap hit this year from f- what would be 40 to 30, because really looking at, you know, with the new CBA and everything, the Bucks basically need to stay under a certain number. And if, so they essentially have about 45 to 50 million combined that they could give both Chris and Brooke if they want to stay under that number and keep their um, taxpayer mid-level exception to use another player. So if you have 45 to 50 million combined, if you're paying Chris alone 40, you basically can't pay Brooke. Or if you do pay Brooke, if you do pay Brooke, you're going to have to then lose that taxpayer mid-level, which is just like, that's a, you know, opportunity to get another player. You're just throwing out the window. And so I'm sure obviously the Bucks are going to sit down and talk about that with him and say, Hey, if you can agree to again, four for 120, you know, you're guaranteed a contract for four years. Cause again, with Chris's injury history, is it smart for him to go into a year, you know, accept his player option, but go into a year where he doesn't have a contract guaranteed after this, he gets hurt, blows out his knee and boom, he does, he, you know, he's done. Is that smart for, you know, it might be smarter for him to take that four year deal and four for 120 for him is the, I mean, it's the equivalent essentially of him taking his $40 million player option and then accepting like a three year, $75 million extension on top of that, which is a very fair deal, you know, give him four for 120 everyone's happy it lowers his thing to th- it lowers his cap hit this year to 30 and that way you've got about 15 million that you c- per year that you can give to brooke lopez um which i would you know i'd have to think that that's about how much brooke will get and then you would stay under that um you'd be able to have that tax pyramid level to use on another player still so you know telling chris hey if you take 10 million less this year and we give you a four-year deal longer term deal which is again it, that's what it sounds like this is going to be um that basically lets us sign Brooke and get another player. And I would have to assume that that's going to be what, what Chris wants to do. I, I have to assume that he would laugh hysterically at you. If you came at him with four at 120 and said, you are out of your damn mind. Why? Like, I'll go get, I'll go get four at 200 from somebody. He's not getting, Chris is not getting 50 million a year. I'm telling you right now, somebody is going to pay that dude more than $30 million to go play basketball for them. Tell you right you, now, he's going to get, but, he's gonna but get do you at believe- least 40 a year. I don't agree with that. I don't think people are paying him forty million. But see, with this his is the, with his this age the, and injury history, I don't think so. If he was if he was fully healthy the last two years and balled out, I would agree. But I think there's plenty of concern from teams around the league that are like, I don't want to pay this dude forty million a year. Do I think he could get thirty five? Yes. Do I think he would turn down five to ten million dollars to stay with the Bucks, where okay. he is clearly a better option and would rather stay here with? Yes, absolutely. So let's I don't think you, that's. A, let's make you John Horst. Middleton opts out. So now you have this window to negotiate the deal before free agency opens up, right? Milton goes, hey, man, I want 40, 45 a year. I, I got to be in somewhere in that area or uh, I got to go explore free agency. You're John Horst. Do you pay him what he wants and be done with it? Or do you go, go ahead. Just no, let me know he- before you sign somewhere else. And, you know, if you come up with somebody else, to give you that type of money, then let us know. and We'll let you know if we can match it. Do you play that game? Because sometimes when you play that game, player gets offended. Like, oh, somebody else has to offer it to me before you'll actually pay me that money to hell with you. I'll go play somewhere else if they want to pay it to me. That's a tricky game. And I don't know what Milton's going to ask for, but I would be absolutely shocked 
if he went to 30 million, if he went backwards, like I, I'm, I, can't but it, no, no, it. but it's backwards for this year, but in the long term, it's, it's not 30 that million far a year backwards. over four years. Yeah. It's backwards for four years. What do you mean? No, four but at he, 120, that's 30 million a year. Yes. Right? But 30 so million going backwards for four years. He didn't get a pay 30, raise any of those years from where he's at right now. 30 million over four years compared to what he would get. He he could get his 40 million for one year, but he could easily after that only get 25 million, which again is the same as what if getting if paid 30 you, million over four years. If he believes what you believe, if he thinks he's not worth a hill of beans anymore or what you're saying, then okay, maybe. It's not but what he believes, it's what, what other teams believes. believe. It's what other teams believe. It, it's not in his control what other teams will pay him. True. But John Horst better right now. be right. He better be right if he plays the game and says, Chris, I don't think you're worth that much. So if you think you are, go go play the free agency market. Because if no. he does find a team, then you gotta explain to Giannis why you didn't pay him. You're you're no, you're you're gonna pay Chris whatever he if he's which number one, the reason I believe he's gonna take a longer term deal for a little bit less, he's in these meetings with the coach. He's clearly a big part like to me, all signs are pointing that he's going to stay for a longer term deal. And he wants to stay. He said, you know, I, I want to stay here. I have no reason to want to be anywhere else. I fully believe he would take a slight pay cut this year, but get paid over a longer period of time to stay with this team. I don't think he's going to demand the very, very maximum that he believes another team might give him. Might give him. And so I think he, I mean, 30 million a year is still a lot of money this isn't like he's going to be sure, grossly underpaid i agree yes but that's not 30 million when, when we're at this level this isn't about 30 million you, this you, is about stature in the nba and but, how people but, respect you and look at you that's what yeah, but what, is about. what over the last look i love chris what over the last two years would would warrant someone to give him 40 plus million dollars doesn't matter chris middleton's gonna go I'm yes it does now. matter because yeah i was hurt the last two years you're right but you know how good i am I'm fine. I'm ready to go. If you don't want, if you don't trust me, if you don't believe in me, that's cool. I'll go on the free agency market. Free agency market. I'll find somebody that'll pay me the money. But somebody why would no, my, my services? That, that's my that, no. But that's that's what I'm asking. Why I do? I don't think another team will pay him that money because what over the last two years have we we know how good he is. We know how good he can be. What so like why they. would another why would another team? younger team, let's say, that has the cap space, because there's not a ton of teams that just have the cap space to go sign a guy for $50 sure. million. A team like the Rockets that has cap space to go out and just sign Chris Middleton. Well, that's going to be hard. Why? Why? Yeah, but why Like, why in the world would a team, a younger team like that want to get a 32-year-old Chris Middleton that has had injuries the last two years? What, like, what does that benefit them? And I just don't know why they'd be, like, I don't know why we're assuming that a team is just willing to, uh, someone will give them $45 Nathan, million a year. Listen to me. You very well may be right. What I'm telling you is, if Middleton says, I want this, and you look at him and go, you ain't worth it. You haven't done jack in the last two years. You've been That's, hurt, and nobody's going to pay you, Chris. And Chris goes, well, I guess we'll find out. And he goes walking off into free agency. What are you going to tell Giannis if you lose him? But here's the thing: if that was the if Chris said that, he's got all the that, leverage. Because if you piss it, off Giannis and he leaves, you're screwed. It's over. People better understand this. Middleton has all the leverage. If Middleton wants X, they gotta pay him X. Unless if Chris, he wants to play your game, and Chris goes, "Hey, dude, I want to retire a buck. I'll give you a hometown discount so I can stay with my guy Giannis here. I want to win a couple more championships." If Chris goes as it goes at it that way, 
well, God bless Chris Middleton because it all works itself out then and it comes out the way you want. But if Middleton decides I'm worth more, they got to pay him. I mean, yes, they do. I'm 100%. I'm, you don't let, you're, you're not letting Chris Middleton go because if you let him go, it doesn't, you just lose him for nothing. So, absolutely. But him being involved in all these conversations with the coach was a sign to me that, okay, this guy wants to be here. They've come, they've come to some common ground. And now this report coming out that they want to reach a long-term agreement. I don't think the Bucks would lock in a $45 million a year agreement with him over four years. I don't think that's the case. I would bet money it's $35 million or less. We'll find out. We'll see how this whole thing plays out. I I, I hope you're right. I hope he takes a, essentially a pay cut to stay here and, and play with him. I would be shocked. But, then, but Okay, so let me ask you this. So let's say they go that way. So then what do they do with Brooke Lopez? They go to Lopez and go, you need to take a pay cut too to play here because you're old and just had a back surgery a couple of years ago. Do you expect Lopez to take a pay cut to say two? I expect guys, I expect these two players in particular to take a little bit less than they could oh, possibly. Yeah. Yes. Why oh, should my. we believe differently? Why should we believe differently? Because and it doesn't happen in sports. This does yes, it not does. happen. It does not Dude, happen. You Chris, had it happen what with the heat where did you, you know, got hey, these guys, certain hey, guys that take less money what, and Wade, Bosch, and LeBron for a short time, and then they all got their max money later and all got paid. But now you're saying you want two dudes, one of which is probably a Hall of Famer in Middleton, and the other dude, Brooke Lopez, is, is probably the best defensive center in the NBA or one of the best defensive centers in the NBA to both take pay cuts. I don't Hold know, on. man. Hold I mean, on. Maybe number it one, happens. The power of Giannis and them wanting to play with Giannis. Maybe that's what wins out at the end of the day. Number one, they're not huge pay cuts. I mean, you could still pay you could pay Chris 30 million a year and you could pay Brooke about 15 million a year, which that's nothing insane. That is not a I you know, they're, they're older players. These aren't young guys yep. that can go out and get a ton of money. And mm. if you're an older player, if you're an older player at the back end of your career, my guess would be you're like, I want to win some more championships. I want to go out and like I want to spend these remaining years not just on some trash team making five million more a year, but not winning anything. They got we, Chris Chris Middleton literally did he we you said when have we ever seen this in sports? Chris did this before when he was offered his max contract. He took less than the max. He did that. So you actually could have gotten again. I, I expect him I expect career. him. I expect him to say, Keep hey. me in the sacrificial lab, Chris. Nathan Marzian supports him 100%. He's got you. I'm back. telling you right now. I'm, I have no reason to believe Get that Chris is like, I want $45 million a year. I have no reason to believe that that's the case because that's not, he's if never I given was, us that sign. If I was representing Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton, either one of them, especially Brooke Lopez, dude, this may be your last chance for a big contract. Like you balled out. You had a hell of a year, Brooke. What are we doing? Let's just go see what happens. You can still go back to Milwaukee. Let's just see what kind of money you can get that you want to turn down and play in Milwaukee. Let's just see what the number is. Let's see how close they are to what you might be able to get. No, if then a make team, up your mind and see what happens. Because Bud's if not a team, there anymore. He was he was boys with Bud, so he's gone. But it's still Giannis. Uh, and Giannis loves him, clearly. And I think he loves Giannis. So, again, the power of Giannis to get these guys to stay and play with him, which is great. Listen, I don't want either one of them to leave. I think they are going to go to the next tax apron. I think they are going to lose the mid-level exception because both of these guys are going to have to get paid a lot of money in order to keep them. And that's just going to be part of the deal. And you are going to have to run it back with virtually the same damn roster again, more than likely, unless they trade the guy Marzian wants the hell out of Milwaukee and Bobby Portis. Then, you know, then, then maybe you have a little bit of a change up in the roster. 
yeah, hey, trade trade Bobby. The Pacers need a starting power forward, they said today. Trade Bobby for some picks, get rid of that salary, and all of a sudden you can pay Chris and Brooke more. Anyway, What is for Brogdon? Let's go. No, go ahead. Sorry. Brogdon's not so, there anymore. <laughs> but uh, if, a t- like, if a team really is – I know the Rockets said they were interested in Brooke, which, again, I don't know why a young team would want Brooke Lopez. Like, I just don't understand that. But if they're really willing to give him $30 million and it's like, okay – you can get double what you're making here. Then yes, I understand why Brooke. I, but I don't see that happening. I, I, mean, I he see gets Brooke, twenty on the open market, twenty a year. But you're so you honestly think that Brooke would leave the Bucks because he can get twenty instead of fifteen? How long are both deals? Two three years, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, don't, no, I'm just I just saying, that that seems what? insane to me. All I'm saying is, if I'm representing Brooke, I say let's just go see what we can get. That's all. Yeah, and if it's but, close enough to where you're like, that's not enough to get me to leave Milwaukee. Cool. Then you sign with the box and but we so, call it. So a hold on. So so we're saying Brooke can get to about twenty million. We're guessing. You know that. Yeah. Let's make our estimate. Brooke can get about twenty million. So I to me, it's very realistic for him to say, I'll take five million less to stay on the box, stay on a championship team. Where so fifteen I know, million less over three years, if that's what it I, is. I know my I know my role perfectly. I'm very you know everyone loves me here. We're gonna be a title contender. All that. What do you Does think? He knows his role. It's a brand new coach. What do you think Chris can get? Forty at least. I mean, I, I who's paying him forty million? Who's paying Chris you, forty million? He's a good ball player. He's a clutch ball He's, player at end of games. He's an okay defender. He can create. You yourself have talked numerous times about. Well, if they would have had Milton that Celtics series. They would have won because the Bucks didn't have this. There is. He's a good ball player. I. I you know, again, everybody can hate on Middleton in Milwaukee. Yeah, hate him all you want. There are guys around the NBA that respect how good he is uh, and would love to have Chris Middleton on their team. Would, and he's a good would, teammate from all of course. I've not heard anything negative about him. I, I, I just, we'll see. Maybe I, you're right. Maybe I, they both take pay cuts and the power of Giannis works. And another reason to say God bless Giannis because that would be amazing if they're able to keep him for another two or three years and like, extend and continue this window being open. Because once they're gone, it's going to be a while. More than like now, now again, would I would I pay would if I was the Bucks, would I pay Chris 40, 45 to stay on the Bucks? Yes, because this is the perfect situation for him. What why I just don't see another team that it isn't that's a very good situation. As a GM for him. Then Marzian, then you're rolling the you're gonna roll the dice and but go, he's not asking. I'm telling you right now, he's not we'll asking see. for 45 million. We'll he's not asking happens. for 45. Good luck in free agency. Come back to us if somebody gives you that much money. He I'm just telling you, he's not asking for 45 million dollars. He should be. No, nope. he just got hurt. You don't know how much longer so, you have. So he have. should ask for $45 million because he, hey, I just got hurt. Give me $45 million. No, because That's like you the said, he's of what happens. older. This is his probably his one last shot to get a big deal again. This is probably the last shot he's going to have at another big deal. This is it. Last time. Here we go. One more time. Yeah, has got two more big contracts probably left in him. This is Middleton's last one, and it's definitely Brooks' last one. And to say, yeah, I want you both to take less than your last tr- chance at big money. And again, you could say, oh, they're multimillionaires. They don't need any more money, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But there's Four also, like I one... said before, there's also status to this because everybody knows what everybody's making. Everybody yeah, can but... see it. Players union, they're going to know what everybody's doing too, right? Yeah, they but frown four... on people taking pay cuts in the, over there at the players union. Four, four for 120 at, a, at 32 years old coming off injury is pretty big money to me. Sure it is. So that's why I'm like, I don't, it, this isn't like we're asking Chris to take $15 million a year. No, we're, you're four for 120. That's a pretty big payday for a guy that. Would you ever ask Giannis to take less? 
That's Giannis, man. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm. I'm not asking Giannis to take less. It's Giannis. It's Giannis. Big smile on his face. It's Giannis. Yeah, but you're going to ask these other two guys who are, are coming towards the end to take pay. They know they're not the guy. They know that they're a compliment. And they that's part of the reason. Middleton's they know never had the Giannis, opportunity to be the guy. I'm not, I'm not asking. I'm not. But he, he he's not the guy. We, we know that. But I'm not asking Giannis to take less because Giannis can go wherever he wants and make that team a championship contender. Chris Middleton cannot go wherever he wants and have this same type of success and be this crucial to a team and be a title contender on another team. He can go to a team and that team could suck. What if Chris Milton so, went to the Lakers with LeBron and Anthony Davis? Are they a championship team? Sure, the Lakers don't have the money to pay him. No, but I'm just thinking, could he be a finishing piece in other places if it's a side yeah, but if trade or whatever? But if you need him as a be. if you need him as a finishing piece, then you don't have the money to pay him because you already have the pieces. Like a team that has the money to give Chris Milton $45 million or whatever is not going to be a team that's one piece away. Because if you were one piece away, you don't have that much money. That's what. That's part of the reason I'm like, no team's gonna give him that much. I'm gonna have to now, go. I, I'm gonna have to go look. I'm, I'm interested. No, in I I will say if there's a team that's willing to like pay him that much and trade for him, then yeah, like I'd be okay signing and trading him or whatever under that circumstance of like, okay, we'll give you a ton of money, but we're gonna trade you because Can't at least it. you're getting at least you're getting stuff back nope. for him. And you cannot sign and trade him. I'm just saying under that extreme circumstance where. There's a you want that if he's really demanding that much money and there's another team that's like we will take that then yes I would nope. do that no you can't you'll ruin Giannis why you can't do you it. will not you'll, ruin Giannis you, will, Giannis you will, ruin your relationship with did, Giannis did you not you trade Giannis him. said after the season they asked him about it and Giannis was like hey it's a business he's got to do what he's got to do like they Giannis understands this stuff he's not just like oh they need to keep him because he's my friend and like if they can if they can get it and I'm not obviously it has to be a good deal I'm not saying trade Chris for nothing. But if you can get a decent bit back for him, get a little bit younger, get some good guys in here, uh, totally hypothetical. Yeah. Giannis will understand that. Giannis will understand that. Again. Giannis but again, it, that's not going to happen. Everybody because else, right? That's not going to happen because he, Chris has been in these coaching discussions, which totally tells you, okay, he's going to be with the team. He's going to sign a long-term deal. It's going to be four for 120 or four for 130, and that's going to be that. Write it, write it down right now. Okay. Chris Middleton signs four-year, $120 million deal. We shall see. Uh, last topic, NBA Finals. Uh, they're tied up one apiece as we record this, streaming live on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page currently. Also, can download it for free on your Odyssey app after we post it, uh, like we always can for the Green and Growing Podcast, or download wherever you download your favorite podcast at. And then Marzian, is Miami going to win this bad boy now that we have seen 1-1 one, one, uh, coming out of Denver? Man, I mean... Midway through the game two, even in the third quarter, late third quarter, end of the third quarter, I really thought, okay, this honestly might be a sweep. I it, I don't want to pick against Miami. They just have that magic. They have, obviously, the coach that you never want to count out, you never want to bet against. Yep. And their shooters are just absurd. It feels like at any point, whenever they're down 10, you feel like they're almost winning the game because they're that's right where they want, they want teams. Um I want to. I, I'm screw it. I'm picking Miami. I'm picking them. I'm picking Miami in six. Yeah, when in I, Miami, not in Denver. I just. I don't even. I, don't, I. That would for them to win in six probably requires them to win the next two, which I don't really see. But I'm going to say Miami in seven. They're going to win Game Seven on the road. I, I just Malone just Malone questioning effort in an NBA Finals. 
I would lose my ever-loving mind on a post-game show if you lose a finals game and your head coach is going, eh, I just didn't play hard. I just didn't really want it. I, I, I lose my mind. Like, how are we having this conversation? It's a chance to win an NBA championship. None of y'all got rings. How is this a thing? This isn't LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, and they got rings. This ain't Steph with a handful of rings that, oh, you know, they're just kind of going through the motions in game two. They've got so many rings. They know they'll just turn it on. This is the Denver damn Nuggets. Like, Joker needs a damn ring here at the end of the day. And the head coach is questioning them playing hard. And then after game one said, they didn't play a good game that game. Everybody said, ah, get out of here. You want to shut up. You didn't play well. Get out of here. Hey, after game two, he's like, I told you we'd play well in game one. And tonight, didn't look like we want to be here. I mean, that type of stuff. What? That 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 doesn't happen a lot with Spolster teams, especially on the playoffs. And now this Tyler Hero thing, play or not play, depending on who you listen to, I don't I don't know if he's even going to play in this dang series. It doesn't sound like he's close. Sounds like he's still got pain and stuff after he shoots. So he may not even see Tyler Hero. The Duncan Robinson scowl or whatever the hell that was because he got 10 points mean in mug, the quarter. Mean mug. Dude, settle down, man. I mean, you didn't score hey, 30 in the fourth. You scored 10. Like, settle hey, down. For a role player, if if Pat Connaughton had a 10 point... A highly point, expensive role player. If if Pat Connaughton had a 10 point fourth quarter in the finals to win the game, hey, do whatever you want. If you want a mean mug, if you want to jump up on the scorer's table, I don't more care. more than Pat Connaughton, isn't he? Yeah, he oh a lot more. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, right. I think he's, I think he's like, what is he... 90 million making way too much damn money for what he does yeah um but yeah the, the thing about miami is they're the most mentally tough team in the league and they just consistently play the hardest like they're yes. never you're never like uh they're just not trying they're you know they're they're out of it today they're just they're they're always fighting and if they're if they lose it's more just okay they didn't play well it's not a matter of effort it's not a matter of they weren't focused or anything like that it's just like, oh, you know, maybe they missed their shots today. Maybe Jimmy didn't have his best game. But they are just the most consistently playing hard. And the team that when they're down, I still believe in them. And I still, you know, they're just so mentally tough that I'm like, I never can count them out. And I'm just, I'm sick of picking against them that I'm like, I don't, and I, I don't dislike them. Like, I just was like, I, I don't think they'll beat Boston, you know. And then once I went to seven, I'm like, I don't think they'll win this series anymore. And then they win that. And now it goes to, Denver and it's like I don't think they're gonna beat Denver. I'm just I'm picking them. I'm done. I'm picking the the Heat to win the series. Can I just say on the way out here that doing this uh, uh, with video and if you're watching on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, you can see it as well. It's very distracting because I keep feeling like there's a ghost in your room as the fear of the deer flag just keeps blowing in the air from your ceiling fan. Yeah. And I keep looking at it like, what the heck is going on over there? But yeah, that's that's what it is. I keep thinking there's a ghost in Marzian's room. I'm sorry, it's just. Very distracting. I'm following Nathan Marzian on Twitter at Nathan Marzian and follow me at Sparky Radio, Green and Growing Podcast. We'll record another one coming up on Thursday evening. Enjoy the rest of your day uh, and make sure everyone have a, a, a good day. That's all we ask. Have a good day. Toodles. 